Hola estrellitas, this is Sol, and this is Luna, and we are Chillonas, pero badass. You know, I was thinking about a story <laughs> I've never told you about. Oh, I'm ready. It's juicy. All your stories are juicy. <laughs> Girl, those are my life experiences. It's mi vida. <laughs> I think, I'm trying to remember how old I was. I think I was like maybe eight or nine. Oh, man. What is that? Like second, third grade? It's what like, yeah, that? second, second and third grade. Okay. So mind you, there was this, this boy and... He in class, I was like, I had the biggest crush. Chamacos, that mean, whatever. But like, yo con mi crush. And this kid totally came up to me during class. And he was just like, all googly eyed. And he was, I want you to have this sharpener. And then I was like, really? And he goes, <laughs> yeah, it's a gift from me to you. And I was so happy. Luna, I was so ecstatic. I was like, oh, my heart was just, it was just, oh, I was melting, right? From like, this sweet gift this kid gave me and I think about it now I'm like well it makes sense one of my love languages is gifts so of course the kid got me in the heart she was like and... no, espérate, está bien bonito. <laughs> it was one of those like hardcore silver ones for construction right? girl it was <laughs> it was circular and it was so cute and I was like oh like I was so happy like I like right? and then like the next morning now my mom and I are getting ready for school she's about to take me and I remember, like, I had it in my hand. I didn't even have it in my backpack. I had, I was carrying that shit in my hand. It's <laughs> in my whole heart. <laughs> yeah, the whole world in my hand. <laughs> and so I'm sitting in the car, and, like, she's warming up the car, whatever. And then I, like, was so happy looking at it. Right? And I look at my mom. I was like, Mom. And she's like, ¿Qué es eso? I was like, oh, me lo regaló una, un, un niño en la escuela. She started yelling at me telling me no más que andes de volada eh no más que andes haciendo cosas que no deberías andar haciendo I had never felt so like ashamed where I was like I didn't think I was doing anything wrong but in that moment my mom made me feel as if I like I uh had already like committed the crime right oh no yeah. And so I just, oh, I'll never forget how crap. And then, yeah, lo agarré, lo guardé en mi mochila, y ya no lo saqué. And that's like, I, I, I honestly remember that this was the time that I had, I think I pretty much like an agreement with myself that I can't tell my mom things. Because I was like, me va a acusar, me va a regañar, me va a decir que no está bien. And so ever since then, like, I, I think that's like the final time I ever like really was like openly excited to share something with her about something like that when it came to a boy and I was like that's it like I can't tell her these things me va a regañar, me va a sentir mal. and it's it's funny when we say like oh she made me feel like she didn't make it's just her reaction caused me to feel as if I was just consistently doing something wrong and so from there I stopped sharing these little things that's insane from eight years old eight or nine years old to already like knowing you know what I'm not even gonna go there because your reaction literally it traumatized me 
that's great no it's crazy that that's wow all i kept thinking like now that i think about it all i keep thinking about it is how what the hell were we gonna do at that age like gay us right. i really was one of those innocent kids that yeah. like and plus i think a lot of us during that time the 90 babies like no que dijeras hay que todos eran inocentes or whatever but a lot of us were because we didn't have access to internet yeah we, didn't we have like up. that type of right and I think about it and I was like, yo, si era inocente. Yo, en mi mente no tenía nada de que, like, oh, let's go have sex after recess. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't even know what drugs were at the time. Yeah, I like, mean, it's like I say all the time. Like, we were, the 90s babies were growing up, especially, like, early 90s. We were growing up as internet was becoming more, uh, but is it more accessible, right? And so we were still like, not give it like a computer to us was like, well, specifically like for me, my sister had one, pero yo lo que hacía nomás me quedaba viendo the screen. And like, you know how like it used to be like the Tetris, like kind of like that. And like, yeah, I would be staring off into the screen. I didn't even know like what AOL was for. You got mail literally <laughs> like computers weren't even what they are now at all so that's insane for for uh, her to even um uh, yeah for her to even be like no más que andas de volada like ma'am that's not even in in my playbook and you know what <laughs> i think about it now that i think in mexico como están más avanzados mentalmente when it comes to i guess like more real life situations because they're hit yeah. more head on and uh, families are a lot more honest like without like they're not filtering mm -hmm. their kids out there and I noticed it's because like I have a cousin and, her, and like and he married a woman que se trajo de Mexico, right and she is like full-on like upfront frank and honest when she talks to her kids she didn't talk to her kids like like if they were kids she talked to them like they were an adult like mm. both of them. So era de que todos les decía, si alguien falleció, alguien falleció. Si esto pasó, esto pasó. Like era like, en vez de platicarlo in like filtering, pues for a kid, like she would just like tell them lo que era y ya. And I think that, I would think that that's what my mom was. I don't think she realized what she had at home with with how I was, or at least to say like, oh, pues mija es, no, ella no sabe eso. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I could be wrong, but I'll—that's something that stuck on to me. I'm 31 years old, and that shit still comes up in my mind. You're like semi-cavo engraved. That's yeah. I think that's hard. I think that's like specifically like with parents that are from uh, pueblitos or you know from Latin America. I think it's like you say, you know, like you hit it, you hit the nail on the head, um, saying that specifically como tu, your cousin's wife how she doesn't filter anything how she's straight up with her kids and like that's ideal too but also at the same time sometimes as adults not filtering things but almost keeping them simple and for children to understand and it's like you say you don't think that your mom realized like oh you know mi hija no es así but then also at the same time, like what comes up in my head is mis tías se casaron cuando tenían 15 años. So, y allá en el rancho se acostumbra que se las roben primero y luego se casan, right? And so, 
I'm wondering if maybe that was in our head a little bit, but right. even then it's like, you're talking to an eight-year-old, like we're still obsessed with stickers, gel pens <laughs> and this, sharpeners. Exactly. <laughs> like you see how near and dear I kept this to my heart. I don't know. I, I, it's interesting. Like sometimes I wish I could like pick uh, our parents' brain and think about what they were thinking about during that time. Right. Because these are things that like se grabaron para nosotros. For them, fue cualquier día. So even oh, if yeah. you mention that, oh, they're, like, yeah. Acuerdo. yeah, they're like, yo no pensé eso. Right. Like, girl, these are pivotal moments in my life. <laughs> this framed who I am now. Right. Because obviously, no ando de balada. ¿Qué iban a saber, dude? Like, 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 even just, for example, birth control. There's no way. And then having kids at 15, 16 years old. Like, yeah, I can definitely. I think about that all the time, too. Que, <laughs> I'm just like. I don't know. ¿Cómo le hacían? Y luego, okay. So I heard this thing from my grandma when she was, t- I need to stop. But my grandma was telling me about, <laughs> <laughs> about a time that cuando ella creció, right? Cuando ella estaba creciendo, cuando sus hijos crecieron y se casaron. And how um, when she got married, she lived in the same house with her suegros. And que la suegra, like the day que se la llevó mi abuelo, the next day la suegra estaba viendo a ver si sacaba my grandma las sábanas. And if she did, like, uh, para que my grandma lavara las sábanas y les quitara the blood. So you know what, like, that's going to, right? That's right. going, like, to, oh, she lost her virginity. So, like, they wanted to know if they had consummated their marriage, basically. And so then wow. that became a tradition where like cuando sus hijos se casaban y traían a la, a, la, a la esposa a vivir con ellos, ella se levantaba bien tempranito para ver si la nuera sacaba las sábanas to see if they had consummated their marriage. That's insane. I mean, I believe it, but to the thought of that now, yeah, like, girl, that's my business, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she. Um, I remember her telling me that. But you know what? Your story reminded me a lot about something that I had talked to my mom about, birth control. <laughs> and Conversation with her about that? Yeah, okay. I've so, never. <laughs> okay, so here's why. Um when I first started using birth control, I think I was like 16. Nobody had ever talked to me about it. You know, just the version of what school gave you. Um, That was kind of it. But I decided I wanted to get on birth control because, you know, of of reasons. (laughs) I had a boyfriend at the time. You were having sex. mm -hmm. (laughs) I was going to start to, I was planning to. And I was like, what better way than to be prepared? <laughs> I wasn't going to start to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pero, like, this was the first time that I had, like, a steady boyfriend at the time. And I wanted to be safe. So, the first time that I got it, I remember keeping it very hidden from my parents. Um, no les decía nada. I think, like, the local Planned Parenthood, you would have to figure out a way to get there. Uh, pero antes iban también a la escuela, like 
the mobile clinic for Planned Parenthood would go to the school and you would make an appointment. They would pull you out during class. And yeah, and they, you know, you would go in, you would talk to them about what you need to talk to them about. So then, and they would prescribe you birth control. And so, so yeah, remember keeping that very hidden in my room, like in una caja adentro de un zapato, <laughs> just very hidden. <laughs> and then I remember not um, being so emotional, so like crazy at the time. That's literally how I describe myself, crazy, because I, I felt like I was losing control. So I stopped using that birth control. And then I went back like a year later and ended up using the ring. But the ring, they tell you that you have to keep it in the fridge because they need to be like at a certain temperature for them to work. Y pues como? Ni modo que tuvieron mini fridge en el cuarto, Like I didn't. And so... I, I don't remember exactly how I kept them, but fast forward to me being 22, 23 years old, don't remember the exact age. And um, I remember coming home and I was like, oh, um, you know, I'm like, okay, ya tengo 22, 23 años, you would think. Ya, ya estoy yeah, you would think, ya se la idea. <laughs> and so I came home and I put my birth control in the fridge. And she was like, oh, yeah, like, adentro de una cajita, um, en, una, en una bolsa café. Y le dije, hey, esta cajita es mía. Like, um, tiene esto adentro. No lo vais a tocar. Girl, she was livid. Oh, God. Livid. She didn't talk to me about it. Pero yo lo metí en la cajita para que every time she opened the fridge, no se recordara. Like, no nomás era como la bolsa café. Like, just see. <laughs> Like, I mean, pensaba que, oh, maybe she's going to think it's so vulgar of me to keep it in there, right? Right. And so that was that. We didn't talk. So fast forward to me being 27 and sitting in the Starbucks drive-thru and telling her, oh, um, I switched my birth control over. I was using the IUD and I switched over to the, to the pill. And I was like, a ver cómo me va. And I started asking her personal questions about like, were you ever on birth control? And I was like, este, cuando, cuando tú estabas en birth control, cómo te sentías? Como, you know, just super like, to me, it's mother-daughter. It's almost a woman-to-woman. Woman-to-woman conversation. Yeah, and it's a person that you should be able to have this conversation with. Well, exactly. Pues así yo pienso, Así pensamos. So, yeah, sus contestaciones fueron bien cortantes. Le dije, oh, antes de que tuvieras a mi hermana, were you using birth control? And she was like, sí. And... <laughs> <laughs> it was that it was very much just that it was yes no answers and so we ordered our drinks and then you know you go a little forward right y le digo cuando tú estabas creciendo y tuviste a tu mamá because her mom is no longer here may she rest in peace but I, I asked her cuando tú tenías a tu mamá tú pudiste haber ido con ella y le platicaste about using birth control and she just stays quiet and she, but then she como que reacciona. 
y me pregunta, well, why are you asking me that? And I'm like, because if you did tell your mom and you were able to have that relationship, that open communication between you and your mom, I want you to think about how that felt to you. Think about all the questions that you asked her. Think about the emotions that you were going through. Think about the things that were happening to your body and how you could go to your mom and talk to her about it. Granted, my grandmother was very reserved. Also, she grew up in La Epoca where birth control, I think, was like not even a thing, not even an option. Like the probably the only birth control there was was condoms at the time, if that, right? When I asked her that, again, very quiet. She didn't think about it. And then I said, and if she didn't, if she was very closed off, what did you feel? Did you think about, I wish my mom would. I wish my mom would be open about situations like this. I wish she would communicate with me. I'm like, think about the two opposing views. Now think of me as your daughter wanting to be able to come to you and ask you because as a woman, as a grown woman, you have more experience in this situation than I do. I'm like, if anything, you should be not happy because it's not something to be happy or prideful about, but you should think about it. Okay, at least she's taking care of herself. At least she's not bringing in her Domingo Siete as literally <laughs> my entire life growing up, she would tell me. And it would be like, primero tu degree, no me vais a salir con pendejadas ni con un Domingo Siete. And so now that I, at this point, I'm like, I already have my degree. Like I gave you my degree and I'm still taking care of myself, mm -hmm. you know? And granted, this, I still live at was, home and everything. This was a deep ass conversation for a Starbucks drive-thru. Yes, for a Starbucks drive-thru. <laughs> and so like it was a long ass line, but we approached the window. And so she kind of has that simmering in her head because she hadn't responded to me at that point. So the person hands us our drinks, whatever. And so then I tell her, you know, what, what do you think? And she's like, sí, yo estoy orgullosa de ti. Yo estoy orgullosa que nunca te, you know, que no te has embarazado, que this and that. And I'm just like, that's not, that's not what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is that if you were able to go to your mom with these things, or if you weren't, wouldn't you want to put yourself in the mindset of, okay, with my daughter, if I ever have a daughter, I want to be able to have these conversations because who better than me as an experienced woman and going through life to talk about these things with my daughter than somebody else, right? I'd rather give her the advice than have somebody else give her the wrong advice. Well, Sol nunca me respondió. I wasn't expecting to hear a response to be yeah. honest. Nunca me respondió. She just let it sit. <laughs> and she been... had nowhere to go when you were both sitting in the car. Yeah. And that's the thing. When I've told you before, when we have these deep conversations, se me va. Literally, se va su cuarto. Ayer was an you example. Run. Yeah. And I'm just like, come on. Don't run. Like, let's have 
a dialogue, you know, let's discuss <laughs> as a teacher, like, let's have this uh, five exchange conversation, <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, she just ends up walking away running. And like you say, she was in the car. And it's like, I tell her, why do you shut down? Why do you make me feel bad? And she goes, I'm not making you feel bad. If anything, I'm proud. I'm proud that you haven't gotten proud. I'm proud that you're not one of those pendejas like out que no hizo nada con su vida. And I'm like, Casi regañándote. Yeah. Y le digo, uh -huh. y eso es lo que me enoja porque le digo, no son las muchachas que les pasa eso, no son pendejas. Es algo que les pasó, es parte de su historia. And why are you disrespecting them for it? And you know what's so crazy to me? Que she was a teen mom mm. in El Salvador, where she's from. She was a teen mom. And so right. I'm just that that makes me think more of why are you not open to this? Right. It just reminds me of the way my mom is, because first of all, she is the type to just run. She'll definitely just run. I think it's just more of a whatever type of conversation that just makes her uncomfortable. Or we've had a we've had conversations where she's like, she'll say everything she wants to say, right? Like everything that has to do with whatever her mm -hmm. opinion is. Mm -hmm. And then it's my turn and she's like, no voy a discutir esto. And she'll run off. The fuck? <laughs> so frustrating i don't know if y'all can relate as us, but it's so frustrating it's funny and i laugh because i used to just me dejaba ahí, la boca abierta, like, uh, and now you'll see my ass chasing after her to oh, her yeah. room mm -hmm. like at this point i got no no me cierra la puerta aquí no cerramos puertas <laughs> period and i'm gonna get my point across so listen whether you want to or not <laughs> and it's it's crazy because it, it just it goes to the question right how sex is so taboo why and 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 what causes this generational trauma and how that's passed on it's the same thing with this but it's the costumbres it's the mentality if you think about it like in my example with, with mexico it's like the spaniards came they took over and then what did they bring they brought religion right and, so, religion. <laughs> and that's where it starts yeah. honestly that's like the origin yeah. right yeah and it was obligatory like legit like you are meant to think like this you're supposed to do things like that and that's it and so yeah. even like how the bible like not to get religious but how it talks about women being submissive women being silent women being mm -hmm. like not even the second gender like they didn't have the, that position either instead of saying it uh a un lado es una mujer de un hombre but they're like well she came from a rib so girl yes a, i was like, about to tell you that the fuck <laughs> <up>. <laughs> my grandma girl my grandma would be like La mujer salió de la costilla del hombre. Dios la hizo así para que estuviera a su lado. And I'm like, ma'am, we are equals in this or not at all. I'm telling you. So it's like, no. And and because like that's what they grew up with. It's como mi broma all the time. That when like I hear que so-and-so ya tiene otro niño. Not that kids are bad. I don't think that it's just like because of this fucking belief of no contraceptives 
you know, the accessibility of sex health, like the fuck, like this is the reason why like they're continuously having kids, you know? <laughs> and it's like, no tienen tele, that's always what I say, right? No tienen tele, hay que comprarle tele, like regalar una telecita. She said, let's now- make a fucking alcancía. <laughs> My favorite, my favorite is Dios me lo mando, ma'am. Of course, Dios te lo va a mandar if we're not using birth control. If you were using your birth control and that happened, it's like when you then do a, it would be obviously <laughs> you obviously will get B. Yes, <laughs> but I that's know. just it because of the fact that if moms are having these conversations with daughters, of course it's going to happen, right? And it's because our moms and their moms, like they didn't have these type of conversations either to get into and say, no, pues mi hausa esto es el otro. It's like not having real conversations until they're married. Because it's like, ahora si ya te casaste, ya eres señora que podemos hablar. Instead of having these conversations before they get married. Yeah. Why are we waiting until then? Like, don't put that, don't give so much power and value to the man or person that they choose to get married to. Instead, give that power to your daughters, to your kids right. who need that type of like conversation and empowerment from you because you have the knowledge, you should be sharing that, not holding exactly. back on it because it makes you uncomfortable. Do you want your child to feel uncomfortable? Like they're capable of that, but they're choosing not to because the issue is always going to be that it's easier to keep your mouth shut. It's easier to have them figure it out. Pero por no hacerlo de que, like, oh, you know, it's going to take work, but, you know, I need to do this. Like, my dad was the one who had these conversations with me growing up. It was never my mom. My mom nunca me, me decía de que, like, oh, mija, pues es que cuídate que esto. Y nomás que andas de volada. Nomás que andes con cosas. Like, that, that was her telling me. That was, those are my sex talks. Those were my boy conversations. And when my dad, like, he legit told me my boobs were going to grow. Like, my dad, he went all in on these conversations. Yeah. And I admire that because I'm sure it was uncomfortable for him oh, yeah. being a man <laughs> telling his daughter that, you know, she's going to go through puberty. Yeah. But he did it anyway because his thing had always been, like, I want to beat everyone else to the punch, whether it's, like, society, whether it's, like, friends, peers. He always did. And I think about that with my mom that I'm like, I got my period when I was like 12. I think it was like 11, 12. And I remember like coming up to my mom and she's like, okay, well here, here's a pad. And then I'm just like. And they give you the fucking diaper, like the big ass one that they use. From front to back. No te burles, me cubrió todo. Thick ass one. I look, I look a little cakey today. Wow. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh my God. But as a you know, 12 year old wearing that, like, of course it works for a 30 something year old woman, but for a 12 year old, ma'am, my cucaracha is not that big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> didn't have this conversation but I remember even like days after I was upset because my mom wanted to tell me oh well I told your cousin about how you got your period and oh my god like we just were crying and it's like oh yeah she's like she's like she's a woman now yes 
thinking I'm like, where the fuck was that emotion when I told you I got it? <laughs> like, I would appreciate it, like, you to come and cry. Like, I would have cried with you, girl. <laughs> Period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, señorita La Sol. Ay, Dios. <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh, do it, I swear, but. But it's sad because, like, if you think about it, when it came to having conversations like this, like, my mom never even had conversations with me about loving my body, right? I was never taught to love my body. I was just told to respect my body. Take a moment. (laughs) Digest for a second. My mom has, like, this, like, idea that, like, with... Our family, it's like, es que te tienes que mirar bien. Eso no se mira bien. Eso sí se mira bien. But it was never, like, to a point where you could tell me, es que tu cuerpo is it's a temple. It's, you have to love your body. Es lo que los levanta. Es lo que los lleva. Es, es lo que lo, lo trae. Like, es de cuidarlo. And it's like, I never got that type of empowerment. And it's like, it breaks my heart for me as a kid because growing up, like, you know, I did deal with girls in school where they told me I was ugly, <laughs> oh, you know? Man. And instead of me, like, being able to, like, have the confidence, you know, I believed it because I I didn't have any confidence like that or at least, like, to, to like, be like, oh, you know, I don't care what they say. No, there was no way. And, like, it wasn't until... As I got older, I got the confidence myself. And it's like, but my mom wants to take credit for that. It's like, no, like, you told me that I need to watch out what I do, like, on stage. But backstage, I'm doing whatever the hell I want. And I'm making sure no one knows. Because it's not just because of what people are saying I'm going to hold back on it. It's just you taught me to be very quiet about it. You just taught me to be a quiet hoe. You know, I'm not a hoe in front, <laughs> but I'll be a hoe in the backstage. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my and gosh. I, and it's that same thing that it, it empowered me. I'm sorry, but people want to talk about, you know, how women are sluts and women's are hoes. Fuck yeah. Power to you. Power to you. Right. Because of the fact that, like, you want to do, do it. If that makes it, it helped me. It boosted my confidence. It boosted my self-esteem because that's when I was the one in charge of what I wanted to do. At least like, or at least be happy with my body because I loved my body. And I knew like, girl had urges, girl had desires. What was I going to do? Sit there and not get them because my religion told me I can't? No. (laughs) And see, the thing is, I think I, when I first heard you say when I first heard you say that, like that you were never taught to love your body, you were just taught to respect it. I remember thinking about my entire childhood, my entire teenage years, even into early adulthood. It was always, pues cuídate, uh, tu virginidad es algo um, tan uh, hermoso que eso lo tienes que aguardar hasta que te cases, right? And so it's like, you're giving that power to the man that you're going to marry, you're giving that power to uh, the person that you're going to be with, again, because you need to be submissive, you need to be pure, you need to be this, you need to be that. And then they question, 
why we look for a man so early on to validate us to to tell us hey very good point you're beautiful hey uh your your tits are nice right and so it's because yeah but it's because of you're you're making it so that it's engraved in me that a man is going to validate me a man is going to make me feel good and so i need to look for a man to um get attention yeah to get attention to give me to validate all these feelings that i'm feeling but then you get surprised when i'm 15 16 and my hormones are fucking raging when I do go out and look for that validation and I get it and you're, you're shocked. Like, or like, oh, it's such a bad thing to have a boyfriend at that age. Right. And so now that you're saying that I've literally just made the connection of why women look for men to validate them and not all women. Right. But like specifically in my world, why I look so much yeah why I look so much for guy attention and and this is not to say that I was like a hoe or anything but it always I was (laughs) but it always (laughs) felt so good to hear um oh you're pretty because again like you I was bullied too and I was bullied until I was fucking uh 9th 10th grade and even then um 11th and 12th grade I felt, yeah I felt so ugly nunca me sentía que I was good enough or that I was pretty enough I literally would always I couldn't be around girl like friends that were girls of mine that were really pretty and feel confident and so but it also helped me because I had a lot of guy friends like this it was my thing like I had hella guy friends and because mm-hmm. I didn't feel that intimidation of, oh, or he thinks I'm pretty. No, I literally, yeah, I literally no. thought mm-hmm. I was one of the guys, you know, like I didn't care how I looked. And so I ended up getting along very well with guys. And literally, they were some of my best friends. And so I remember girls saying like, oh, she's a hoe, because I had so many guy friends. And I was so of close course. to all these guys. And so of course, yeah. And then oh, my God, olvídate que my dad would find out that I was talking to guys at all. Literally, like he would go through my phone and he'd be like, ¿Quién es este? ¿Y por qué están hablando? ¿Y por qué te habla? And it's like, because he's my friend. You don't understand. So yeah, my dad, olvídate, de que he would be Literally, he would go through my phone and he'd be like, ¿Quién es este? ¿Quién es este? ¿Y por qué están hablando? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, because son mis amigos. I I literally would have to sit there and explain who each person was, why we were friends, how we met. And so my dad knew all my friends. Y cuando conocía que tenía una friend que era una niña, he'd be like, ¿De dónde salió esta? <laughs> for him, it was that the girls were the bad influences versus the guys being the bad influences. He noticed he, that. But he had to learn that. He had right. to learn that. and Because he was open to it, right? Because mm-hmm. you were persistent. Yeah. And he was open to like, okay, I see. I noticed my daughter's habits. Yeah. And so it's just something so complicated talking about sex i don't know why our creators are like that man that sex is so taboo 
<laughs> Dude, I found one of those Kama Sutra books in my mom's drawers once. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, girl, I know you be trying. <laughs> no, girl, I didn't know. I didn't know what that was, right? Like, I was like, what is? And I, I like opened it and I was like, hi, he rey. I think I was like, like around that time, probably like maybe fifth grade, because I remember that. That I, I, remember, I don't know what I was looking for. And I like saw it and I was like, ah. Eh. And I think again, like I was curious, fucking as a child, yeah, because so I was like, I want to see what that was. So then I guess my mom, I don't know where she was. I went to her room and I looked, ya no estaba. So ya no supe ni que. She said, me lo movieron. <laughs> and I don't know if like that was just my calling, not sex, but like being interested in, mm-hmm. you know, because like I was honestly one of those girls that had Barbies and would make them have sex. Oh yeah, I me too. I didn't know what sex was, but I just like los yeah. pegaba pegaditos para que se los dieran. Yo les abría las patas. <laughs> you had most of the point. At least you got, you know, we're abriendo las piernas. I just right. had boom. Es porque a mí siempre me decían, y no ves andar abriendo las patas. <laughs> and you're like, las voy a abrir. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I won't do it, but I'll do it to the Barbies. <laughs> and she likes it. <laughs> she consents. Girl, we're finally like sitting there playing all horny. We didn't even know it. <laughs> that part. <laughs> we need to like uh, put that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> all right estrellitas it doesn't end here don't forget to give us a like and go and follow us on all social media platforms subscribe and go listen to part two and to all our estrellitas out there just wanted to let you know to continue shining your light and let your stories be heard <laughs>